You may have already noticed that there's some loud discotheque-type vibes coming from behind you. And that's because our Elevate Kids primary environment are having a disco this morning. And they've got flashing lights and loud music. So I'm going to be competing for your attention with Usher at some point this morning. And I'm prepared for the battle. But I want to make sure you're prepared for the battle. So really concentrate. Try to shut out the love in the club that's happening behind you. And listen to me. But look, I'm just, I love, I, I'm, aren't you glad that the days of boring church are long over? We declare death to them. Who's glad about that? Hey, we don't, you know, can you, can you imagine how horrible it would be if we say TGIF, thank God it's Friday, but OGIS, oh God, it's Sunday. Wouldn't that be just like, you know, We've missed something along the way, if that's how we think. But we don't think that way. I, I love it. I was talking with one of our parents, um, the four-year-old daughter. And a few weeks ago, she was telling me that her daughter, every Friday morning, now she goes to, to pre-primary, every Friday morning, she wakes up, Mommy, is it Elevate Kids this morning? No, sweetheart, it's Friday morning. She doesn't know what Friday is. It's all the same to her. No, it's uh, you've got to go to school. Aww. Comes home from school Friday evening. Mommy. Uh, is it Elevate Kids now? No, sweetheart, you have to go to bed now. Uh, Elevate Kids is in two days' time. Oh. Saturday morning, bounces out of bed, runs in. Mommy, is it Elevate Kids now? No, honey, one more sleep. And she does it every single weekend. How cool is that? You know, we don't got to gather as the church. We get to gather as the church. Isn't that a great thing? I don't got to preach. I get to preach. And you don't have to listen. You're flipping more better. <laughs> you know, uh, really excited. We started this conversation last week called This Is Your Permission Slip. And if you weren't here, you can listen to the podcast. If you're here for the first time today, go to our website, elevatechurch.me, and you can listen to the message from last week. But just as a bit of a recap or to catch you up, we looked at the story of the beginning of creation where God had created Adam and Eve and his plan, his desire was to live with them in complete harmony, in, in this perfect relationship in, in the garden. Um, but, but they disobeyed. And because they disobeyed, God banished them from the garden. But, but he didn't just banish them from the garden. He also put in, in the gate that would lead back into the garden, he put an angel and a big flaming sword in front of them so that they couldn't get back in, that that was their, their punishment, that they'd be separated from, from God's perfect plan and perfect relationship. And, and what had happened uh, in, the, in the many thousands of years since then is that various religious leaders had taught the people that the way to get back into the garden, the way to get back into relationship with God was to, to follow rules. And, and, and there was all these rules. And if they followed all those rules, then maybe, just maybe, they'd be able to do enough to earn God's approval and God's acceptance. Well, Jesus came along 2,000 years ago, and he actually called those religious leaders, he actually called them thieves. He, he, in fact, he said that their motive, and by teaching that the way that we get back into a relationship with God is by following rules, that, that by teaching that we steal people's joy. We steal people's freedom. And Jesus said, 
That's not God's agenda. That's not God's best. In fact, Jesus said that while they come to steal, kill, and destroy, I've actually come. I've actually come to give life, better life than you could have ever, ever imagined. And in fact, you can access that life through me, not through rules and regulations and following a list of do's and don'ts that I am the way. A whole new idea, a whole new way of thinking. And yet, over the next 2,000 years, since Jesus came and made a way and, and, and said that the way, the way, not a way, not, not one of the smorgasbord of ways, but the way to get into a relationship with God is to actually come through me, to have a relationship with me, to commit to, to following me, to make me your Lord, that I can give you that relationship. In the 2,000 years since Jesus, t- look, you, you know what? If I just stop preaching now, if that was all I said this morning, that should be enough for us to go on. Wow, Jesus plus nothing is the way to God. All right, let's drink coffee and go home. Because that's the message. And we try to pack stuff on. See, over the last 2,000 years, the, the, God's PR machine, the church, has continued to, to kind of s- try to flick the switch back over to the rules and the restrictions. And there's, and, there's, and there's all this talk about all the things we can't do. You want to you wanna show that you love God? Here's the things you can't do. And if you don't do them, then you love God. And, and, and Jesus was, his whole message was, this isn't about what you can't do. This is about what I have done. And because I have done, you now can do these things. You can have life. You can have joy. You can have freedom. You can have destiny and purpose and calling and meaning and fulfillment. That's the message. You've got a permission slip to have life and have it more abundantly. It's pretty good, hey? Pretty good preaching too, hey? That was just the intro. All right. Well, when you've got to compete with Usher, you've got to kind of give it a bit extra horsepower. I'll be dancing shortly. You don't want to miss that, let me assure you. You ever um, you have people around you that that start sentences with the words they say, or uh, I heard that. Let, let me give you a hot tip. Do not live your life according to principles that start with they say, <laughs> and I heard that because they might be true, but but then they might not. And me, I, I don't I don't just kind of swallow wholesale these these kind of axioms that people say, oh, they say, I heard that. Uh, we got to check some stuff out. And I, I like to push back, particularly when it's serious. If it's nothing, I couldn't kill as they say. If it's a serious issue, if it's a matter of, you know, some sort of pivotal stuff in life, I just push back and say, according to what? I heard that. Well, okay. According to what? What's, what's the basis? Well, I heard that um, holding your pee uh, can give you cancer. Really? Now, according to what? Well, the answer for that is it's according to the film Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. And he told that and 
the judge believed him and, 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 and put the court in recess and went out to take a peep. Well, it's, you know, okay. I heard that um, putting your teeth in a cup of Coca-Cola will dissolve your tooth. Really? Well, Mythbusters actually disproved that. Now, by the way, I still think we should tell our kids that because, you know, <laughs> stay away from Coca-Cola anyway, you know. I heard that, um, that Samsung is better than Apple. Well, see, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even respond to that. I mean, that's just like, I, in fact, in fact, in fact, no. I, if anyone says that to me, you're, they're off my Christmas card list. But what about this one? I heard that God is a God of limitation, that he's all about the things that we can't do. Now, whether someone says that explicitly to you or not, there's a lot of people that believe that. And I don't just mean unchurched people. I mean, there's a lot of church people who, who believe that, that God's a God of, of limitation. He's all about rules and restrictions. And so, you know, one of the, the, the important things to understand is that wrong information doesn't autocorrect. Wrong information has to actually be actively pursued to find out what is the real truth. And so what we're doing over these four weeks is looking at what God says about what God says. Giving God a chance to rep himself and not, you know, Aunt Mabel who says, I heard that God is, right? Well, she might be right, but she might be wrong. Well, let's find out what God says about himself. Is he a God of rules and restrictions? Is his default no? Well, the good news is his default isn't no. And Paul, who Pete referenced earlier, when he was writing to the same church, he wrote this about God. I'm going to throw it up on the, up on the screens. He told, he told the church in Corinth, when Silas and Timothy and I proclaimed the Son of God among you, did you pick up on any yes and no, on again, off again, waffling? <laughs> Wasn't it a clear, strong yes? Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. God's default is always yes. Even the times when he says no to you, it's so that he can lead you to a better yes later on. God's default is always yes. Am I messing with anybody's head this morning? Good. 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 Glad you're here. I want to spend the last bit of time we've got this morning looking at what I think is probably one of the most famous parts of the Bible, if not the most famous part of the Bible. In fact, I, I'd hazard to uh, conclude that even people who haven't grown up in church or have no kind of exposure to Christianity probably even know about this part of the Bible. It's called the Ten Commandments. Anyone heard of them? I mean, you might not be able to recite them, but if you know that they exist. How many people know that there is such thing as the Ten Commandments? Cool. Fantastic. Well, interestingly, God gave Ten Commandments, and by the time Jesus had come along, there'd been a few added. In fact, by the time Jesus came along, there were 613 commandments. And I think it's a valid question when you find out that there was 613 commandments, that if God is all about liberation and not limitation, what the heck's with all the laws, right? Especially these 10. Well, let me refresh you if you haven't looked at the big 10 for a while or if you've never seen them, let me, let me pull them up. And I thought I'd pull them up in the Shakespearean version of the Bible. 
because, you know, that's the holiest one. <coughs> I very rarely use sarcasm, but if you'd missed it, that was sarcasm. All right. The Big Ten, thou shalt have no other gods before me. God is a jealous God. Thou shalt not make any graven image. In other words, in those days when God talked about that, people were making little idols and sculptures of other gods. We might not do that today in that way, but we often put other things up in front of God. Materialism and wealth and selfishness and our own physical desires and make gods of them. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That's what we're doing here. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Good advice. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Also good advice. Thou shalt not steal. Good advice continues. Thou shalt not bear false witness. In other words, lie. And the final one of the Big Ten, thou shalt not covet. Next time you go to a quiz night, and one of the questions is, write down all the Ten Commandments, you're in, because you memorized them just now. But if God's a God of liberation and not limitation, what's with all the laws? Doesn't liberation mean that we can just do whatever the heck we want? I mean, really? This sounds a bit contradictory. God's a God of liberation, and here's some rules that, that I want you to live by. Hmm, what's that all about? Well, let me just back things up to make sense of this. This is in Exodus chapter 20, right in the early part of the Bible. You'll see a book called Exodus, and, 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 and in chapter number 20, you'll find this. Well, if you reverse that back into chapter 19, it'll give you a little bit of context for this. The writer wrote, then Moses went up to God. This is, just, this is an historical account. Moses was leading God's chosen people, the people of Israel, leading them at the time. And this is an historical account of, of, of one particular moment in history. Moses went up to God. Up, he, he went up a mountain. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you're to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you're to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you, the Israelites, on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you fully, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, that's a, that's a request. Here's the blessing. Then out of all nations, you'll be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you'll be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. And God spoke all these words. This is just before he's given the big 10. God spoke all these words. I am God, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of a life of slavery. Whenever I ask people uh, what's their favorite movie, um, nearly 50% of the time, people say Shawshank Redemption. You know, it's like, it's a pretty common thing. And one of the main characters played by Morgan Freeman, uh, he played a character um, nicknamed Red, as short for his surname. And uh, <clears throat> towards the end of the movie, Red was, was released uh, on parole. He'd been in prison, a very hard uh, 
maximum security kind of old school prison. Been in there for 40 years. And he finally, year after year, he came up to the parole board. And year after year, they stamped denied. And, and, and on this 40th year, they actually uh, released him on parole. And they set him up with this kind of work program where, where he went, uh, you know, his job uh, out of prison was bagging groceries at a, just a grocery store at the checkout, bagging groceries. And there's this one scene where uh, Red uh, asks the manager of the grocery store permission to go to the bathroom. Maybe he thought if he held onto it, he'd get cancer. I don't know. Um, he asked permission to go to the bathroom and the manager said to him, he's a really nice guy, said to him, Red, you don't have to ask me permission every time you want to go and take a pee. And this is what Red said, and I won't even attempt to do a Morgan Freeman impersonation because it because it'll just sound like a white man trying to do a very good Morgan Freeman impersonation. It won't go well. Red replied to the manager, Boss, 40 years I've been asking permission to piss. I can't squeeze a drop without say-so. See, Red had been in prison so long that he'd actually forgotten how to live life as a free person. When God gave these 10 commandments to the Israelites, God recognized that they had been in slavery for so long that they'd forgotten what it meant to live life as free people. And so God gave them instructions. They're called commandments. There are instructions on how to live life as free people. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. These weren't God's way of giving them commands to make them slaves. This was God's way of giving them commands because they are now free. And to remind them that they don't have to live like they lived while they were slaves. Well, this exact principle applies to us today. For those of you that have made Jesus your Lord, for those of us that have chosen to follow him and put our life in his hands, to ask forgiveness of sins and to ask him to, to and trust him to, to make us a brand new creation. This is us. We recognize that we lived lives as slaves to sin. We didn't know what it meant to live as free people until we made Jesus our Lord. And he says, great, you're now, now no longer a slave to your sinful ways, a slave to your sinful nature, but you don't know how to live as a free person. So I'm going to give you some principles. I'm going to give you some boundaries. I'm going to give you some instruction. But these boundaries aren't meant to limit you. They're meant to liberate you. They're permission with parameters, sure, but they're not meant to be a burden to carry. They're meant to be a blessing to be able to live freely within. You guys that are parents know this. One of the best things you can give your kid is some boundaries, healthy boundaries. But if they live within those boundaries, Johnny goes walking out in the middle of the highway and stands in standing in the middle of, of the highway. For you to go run and, and collect him, 
and then say, Johnny, mate, don't go running out in the middle of the highway. That's not you trying to limit him. That's you trying to liberate him. Johnny doesn't know how to live as a free person. Say free people don't make certain decisions because that will limit you. God did the very same thing for the Israelites. He did the very same thing for us. And what's critical, critical to understand is God's commandments. They still, these 10, still have a place today. They are not what gets us into a relationship with God. Okay, understand the distinction. Jesus did that. But now that we are in a relationship with God and we want to actually tap into his wisdom, he's written some of it down. And this is some pretty good stuff to live by. I mean, come on. Don't kill people. It's a pretty good principle to live by, right? If you kill people, that, if you, if you break this commandment, it's not, it's not, you know, breaking this commandment is what will actually limit you. Regan works in a, in a maximum security prison. She, she has some inmates who haven't kept some of these commandments, and now they're not liberated, they're limited. This, this is good stuff. This is from a God who's not about what we can't do. It's a, he's about what Jesus has done and what we can do. And by the way, because we don't know how to live as free people, here's some boundaries. Don't steal stuff. Don't lie. Don't commit adultery. This one, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. What's that all about? It's about the fact that we can't be just output, 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 output. And by the way, we live in a culture that's all about output, 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 where our value is, 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 is intrinsically connected with our productivity, where timesheets are king, where the answer to the question, how are you going is, oh, I'm really busy, badge of honor. God says, God, I don't... You, Your your well is going to run dry if you're output seven days a week. I want you at the minimum, I want you to take one day to recreate yourself, to allow me to pour my spirit into you, just to take a breath, push pause. Listen to Mark Pomery preach. Wow, what a flipping blessing that is. But I want to show you one last thing. The first nine of the big ten, they're all outwardly measurable, okay? I mean, if we know the truth, then we know when you've lied. If we find the body and, and, and find the weapon with your fingerprints on it and so on and so forth, we know you've killed. I mean, the first nine, they're, they're outwardly measurable. They're outwardly focused. This 10th one's a bit of a, a strange one, though. Covet. Now, covet's a kind of old school word. If you don't know what it means, now that you know the word epiphany, let me teach you the word covet, uh, uh-huh. young Peter. Um, the word covet, uh, by the way, it's actually, it's almost, uh, to make the point, it's, it's important we do understand this. The word covet, uh, some people think it, think it means to have something like someone else's. Um, but actually it's got an even stronger meaning than that. The word covet means to not 
have something like someone else, but to actually desire to have their thing, whatever that thing is. And the tricky thing with coveting is no one knows if you're doing it. See, I've been up here for 25 minutes. I could have been coveting a whole ton of stuff that is currently yours and wishing it was mine. I might be coveting right now. You don't know, you don't know. I just might have forgotten what my next point is and I'm just kind of scrambling in my brain. Maybe, I don't know. Mine's an iPad 2. Still works, but it's a bit slow. Baden, he's got the new iPad Air. It's so valuable that he has to stand that far away from me for fear, for fear that I'll steal it from him. He knows. He knows, he knows that, I, that I regularly covet his iPad Air. I don't... I don't it wouldn't be a problem if I just wanted one like his. I don't, because that would cost me money. I want his. So that'd be free. <clears throat> Thou shalt not covet. There's a line of rabbinical thinking. Rabbis, Jewish rabbis. who believe that the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet, isn't actually as much of a commandment as it is a blessing, as it actually is a reward for keeping the other nine. You're smart people. If you haven't already figured it out, the penny will drop for you. I know it will because you're really smart people. Number 10 is a reward. If you don't go around lying, you don't have to keep covering up because every lie that you tell, you have to tell another lie. And then you have to remember which lie was which and who you told it. And you, get all, and, and, and you actually lose your freedom and you lose your joy, right? You lose trust. You lose relationship over a period of time. And you can get so tangled up in a web of lies that you start to want someone else's life. You start to covet the freedom that people who tell the truth have. You wish that you could kind of retrace your footsteps and untangle this But if you don't lie in the first place, you're not going to covet someone else's life. I wonder, you know, now, Regan will tell you that nobody in her maximum security prison is guilty. Uh, But let's say that's a lie. Some of them actually are. (laughs) Because they've done some of these other things, stolen or killed. They might be sitting in these horrible environments with no, you know, little, little, if any, freedom. Coveting the life of a free person. Maybe even coveting yours or my life. But if they kept, and I'm not trying to say any of us are better than them. I'm just saying if number 10 is a reward, 
these, these are not God trying to burden us with rules because he's a God of limitation. These are God's instructions to us who were slaves to sin about how to live free. And if we do them, we don't want anyone else's life. We're going to live every day grateful for the life that God's blessed us with. We're going to live every day bearing the fruit of wise decisions that we've made. We're going to live life with a permission slip and not a prison sentence. Is that good news? Hey, let me do one more thing just as we finish this morning. Some of you haven't actually crossed over that decision that I've talked about, about following Jesus, about making him your Lord, about actually turning away from a a life of disobedience to God and and sin and, and asking for Jesus' forgiveness and stepping into this relationship with God. Some of you haven't made that decision and we want to give you the opportunity right now to make that decision. Pete talked earlier about next steps. This is the most important next step any of us can and will ever take. If you've never taken this next step of actually saying to God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I need your forgiveness. I want to have a relationship with you. If you've never made that decision We're going to give you the opportunity right here, right now to make that decision. In a moment, for those of you that need to make that decision, that very, very, very vital decision, I want you to put your hand up. And putting your hand up, you're just saying, yeah, that's me. I'm making that decision today, God. I need your forgiveness. I need a fresh start. I want to have a relationship with you. I'm going to commit my life to Jesus. When I see your hand, you can put it down. Then we're going to pray. So right now, real quickly, the last and most important thing we do For those of you that have never made that decision to say, Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you, just put your hand up right now. When I see a hand, you can put it down. Then we're going to pray. Would have missed anybody? Rest of us praying right now. If you've never made that decision, make that decision now. I couldn't encourage you more strongly. Don't miss this opportunity. Say, yep, Jesus, that's me. I need to make the decision to follow you.